are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. All right. Hey, we've been talking about some of the benefits of prayer lately and uh, taking our time. We've been taking our time this year in the things that we do and we're not, we're not rushing this, we're just kind of soaking in this topic of prayer. And people that don't understand prayer think prayer is just a religious activity that doesn't really matter. But people that pray understand that prayer is a big deal. That when we pray, not only does God hear you, He answers your prayer. And we have great power and influence through prayer. Very important for us. It's, it's a, prayer is a gift of God to connect with Him, and that's important. We have seen many prayers answered lately. As we've been praying on Tuesday nights, we've been praying for marriages, we've been praying for lots of things, and God is moving, and, and uh, it's, just, it's just a powerful time. Lately, we've talked about how um, <clears throat> we've learned that when we pray, we actually minister to the Lord as we pray. We're not just doing it for us. It's not just for our benefit, but it's for His benefit. We minister to Him as we pray. Uh, when we pray according to His will, He, he answers our prayers. You can hear God speak to you during prayer. If you want to know God's will, a great time to find God's will is in a place of prayer. And last week we talked about that we have great power and authority over our government by our prayers. Amen. That's important to know. It looks like the leaders are in charge, the dictators, the presidents, the, the people in authority. It looks like they're in charge, but they're not. The church is in charge through our prayers. And we have to have the confidence to pray. All the enemy has to do is tell you, oh, your prayers don't matter. Your prayers don't matter. And we stop praying. But if we keep praying and we persist, we're going to see God do great things through your prayers and through my prayers. Um, today I want to talk about, and we don't have a lot of time today, prayer and spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not something we've talked about very much lately. Um, praying affects things in the spirit which affects things on earth. Let me say that again. Prayer affects things in the spirit, which in turn affects things on the earth. God gave the earth to us. It's ours. He, he also gave us authority over the earth. He's not going to come down and do everything himself. As, as our earth, God wants us to pray and our prayers to affect this earth. In the Psalms it says, the earth he's given to man, but the highest heavens belong to the Lord. So we need to, to, to pray and see that affect things in the spirit that will affect things on the earth. Um, we know there's a physical world, that's obvious, but there's a spiritual world. And there's things going on in that spiritual realm that we can affect and uh, that we can know. And sometimes we see that uh, come, come into play in everyday life. Now, I've always known this to be true, but I had not seen it before until in the 1990s when we were attending a church and Mary and I were volunteer youth leaders in this church. And we were working with high school and college-age students. And we entered the season where God was just moving and things were happening and students were getting honest with stuff in their life. You know, students, wanna, they, all of us want to hide things in their life. Well, in this season, they want to get it out in the open so God can, can move. When we keep our sins a secret... God doesn't move, but when we open ourselves up and let things out in the open, that's when God moves. 
So people were just sharing their secrets and things that were going on, and the Holy Spirit was cleaning junk out of people's lives. So we were doing a lot of prayer and ministry, and one night I got this call that there was a a basketball player uh, that I knew that was uh, wanting God to work in his life when I come and help. So I said, sure. So I drove down to the church, and I I walk in this room, and when I walk in this room, I see this six-foot-ten guy on the floor growling and rolling, <laughs> rolling around. I see about six other guys praying for him and kind of holding him down. That's, just, that's what I saw when I came in. I walked in the door, and the first thing I saw was this guy decided he was going to get up. And there's six guys holding him down. All of a sudden, he just stands up, and guys just go f- flying. He walks over to a wall, and he takes his hands and his head, and he screams, and he puts his hand and his head through the wall. And that's where I'm kind of like, you know, I could be home watching TV right now. This would be a whole lot nicer than being here, you know. And, and no one's doing anything, so I didn't know what I was doing. So I just said, well, someone's got to do something. So I walked up, and I just put my hand on his shoulder, and uh, so he's making noises and saw you know, plasters all over his head. And uh, said, in Jesus' name, you just, you just need to stop right now. And he just crumpled and fell to the floor and just began to cry. So we had him come up and sit in a chair, and he just began to confess that his girlfriend had gotten pregnant, and then she went and had an abortion and took the life of the child and didn't ask him, and, and he was mad. And he was, he was not forgiving this girl. And you know that one of the biggest strongholds in our life is unforgiveness. We've all been hurt, but we have to forgive people. And we just led him in a prayer of forgiveness, and he forgave her, and the battle was over. And he was free, and he just, he just went on to really seek the Lord and get closer to the Lord. And it was very interesting. Now, I bet if we had time to tell stories, many of you have, you might not have the same story, but you've seen things in the spirit affect things on earth. You know there's a spiritual realm. And uh, we've, we've seen those things show up. And we know that God can change the atmosphere in a room. At our work, at school, wherever we are, God can change the atmosphere in a place. But do you know how important you are in this battle? God uses ordinary people like us to make a difference in the world. Now, the Bible says there are two distinct kingdoms that are at war with each other in the heavenlies. Uh, There's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. We know that God's got a kingdom. We don't always know that Satan's got a kingdom. Uh, Jesus was talking to his, uh, actually, Jesus was on the earth, and when he was on the earth, there was a man who couldn't hear and he couldn't speak, and it it was a spiritual issue. Now, I believe that people can't be, this is what I believe, people can't be possessed by demonic spirits, but they could be heavily influenced. The word in the Bible is demonized. And Jesus prayed for this guy, and he was set free, and he could speak, and he could hear. And the Pharisees got upset, and this is what it says in, verse, in chapter 12 of Matthew. But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man cast out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan is casting out Satan, 
he has become divided against himself, then how then will his kingdom stand? Now, Beelzebul was a word that the Israelites had picked up when they were in captivity in Babylon. It meant um, the dung lord. <laughs> you can interpret that however you want to. You've heard it said, Lord of the flies. It, it, was, it became the Israel's word for, uh, for Satan at that time. And when Jesus cast the spirit out of this man that set his mouth and his ears free, they said, he's doing this by the power of Satan. Jesus picked up on this, and he says this, if, if by Beelzebul I cast out the demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out the demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first ties up the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? And he says, if I cast out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay, there's, Satan has a kingdom. God has a kingdom. When, um, when spiritual stuff begins to show up and is dealt with, it's pretty obvious that God's in the house <laughs> and God's kingdom is, is present. You know, it starts a lot of discussions. Uh, but there's this clash between these two kingdoms that affects life on earth. Now, Satan fears two things. Uh, when the clash becomes visible, people understand there's a spiritual battle going on. Do you know, his, his, his goal here in the U.S. is to keep all that hidden. We don't realize there's a spiritual battle going on. We just think life's just going on normal and the spiritual things don't affect the earth. But when that shows up, then it's been exposed. He also fears that when those clashes take place, God always wins. That Jesus is the supreme ruler of the universe and has all authority and power over the kingdom of the enemy. The enemy's kingdom is very flimsy compared to the, the kingdom of God. God is, he is in charge. Satan and Jesus are not brothers. They do not have equal power as some religions teach. Uh, Jesus is supreme. He could just squash him with his little finger anytime he wanted to. But since it's our earth, he lets us have a part to play in what's going on, and we learn to fight and have authority and, and deal with this battle. See, the, the second thing is this. We have a part to play in this battle. We have a part to play in this war that's going on. If we are in Christ and we're in God's kingdom, then we're at war with Satan's kingdom. As soon as you become a Christian, you're part of this battle. Now, imagine that we were at war with Canada. Those evil Canadians came down and just steal our lunch and push us around and, and say A all the time and feed us poutine. You know, let's just say this, this thing's going on. If you, if you were born in the U.S. during that war, you were born into a war. You are just by your very nature coming into the planet, you were in the U.S., you're at war with Canada. It's the same thing with, with the spiritual world. When you become a Christian, you're at war. We make the mistake of thinking that we're at peace. And we do have peace through Jesus in our life, but we're born into a war and a battle. The enemy wants to kill your grandkids. He wants to disrupt our relationships. He wants to keep people hearing the gospel. He wants to cause problems on this earth. And until Jesus comes back, that's his mission, to cause as much construction, uh, destruction and confusion and bring as much despair 
uh, as he can. Um, Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. He says this word struggle is wrestling. It means wrestling. Now, any, any wrestlers in here? Anybody used to wrestle? Anybody watched wrestling? <laughs> I'm not talking WWE. <laughs> not talking WWE. I'm talking real wrestling, like high school or college wrestling. I wrestled a little bit. And I had friends who wrestled quite a bit. And this is the word that Paul used because in Paul's day, one of the sports that was big was wrestling. So Paul says you're in a wrestling match, but you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against spiritual forces. Um, now, what do you know about wrestling? You don't wrestle from a distance. If Lori and I were wrestling right now, we couldn't really be wrestling because he is on that side of the room and I'm on this side of the room. When you're wrestling, you are locked. You are locked in the battle. It's close. You're sweaty, and, and we had a kid in this church who was on a wrestling team at Northwest High School, and uh, girls were wrestling on the boys' teams. And I'm like, dude, how, how are you going to do that? Because that's, that's kind of interesting. And because uh, wrestling is close, you are, you are locked into combat. It's a struggle of wills and of, and of muscles. And you got to keep at it. You can't slow down or quit or you're going to get pinned. And there are holds that you can use, grappling holds. I had a friend who was a, uh, he was a cage fighter. And he could just take your arm and put his one finger there and one here and just bend your wrist, and then you, you would do whatever he said because <laughs> he had you in a hold. This is how our spiritual battle is, that the Satan, Satan knows the holds to put on you to get you in trouble. And we learn how to avoid those things in the Spirit. Because this verse says our wrestling match, though, is against persons without bodies. This is what's weird. It's against persons without bodies. <laughs> We're not used to the concept of persons without bodies, okay? But it's against rulers with very er various areas of authority. Satan has an organized kingdom, mainly because he convinced a third of the angels to rebel against the Lord and took God's structure and just kind of put it into play. There, there's hierarchies and there's levels and it's organized, but it's... It's a clever organization, but it was, it was God's structure, not the enemy's structure. But he says, we are fighting against spiritual forces that want to dominate the world. See, this is Satan's goal, is he wants to dominate mankind. Now, how does God treat us? God doesn't dominate us. He gave us free will. He wants to choose it. He could dominate us if he wanted to, but God doesn't dominate us. He, he, he woos us and he loves us and he brings us in, but Satan wants to come in and dominate people. This man in the Bible who couldn't hear and couldn't speak was being dominated by the power of the enemy. My, my friend who we prayed for had was tricked into having unforgiveness in his life and he was in a spiritual bondage because of that. The enemy wants to come and, and, and bind people and dominate people. John Wimber said this, he said, uh, we're in a declared war. 
But unless we're clear about who the enemy is, we'll waste our time fighting enemies that aren't enemies at all. There's only one enemy, and no matter what people do, say, or react, people are never the enemy. The the enemy is our only enemy. Now, if you follow Jesus for any length of time, (laughs) uh, you know we're going to face things. Everyone has trouble, right? Everybody has some trouble. But as you follow Jesus, sometimes trouble will just smack you in the face. Have you ever experienced this before? You're going along, you know? And if you don't, if you don't take kingdom ministry seriously and living for Jesus seriously, the devil will just let you go right along and just whistle Dixie and you'll be fine. But when you start engaging in telling people about Jesus, setting people free, doing the work of the kingdom, uh, you'll have some opposition. And maybe there's been times where, you know when it usually comes, Delilah? When you experience a major victory in your life. You see a marriage restored, and then a grandson is accosted (laughs) by something. That's how it happens a lot of times. Uh, When you you taste that victory, thank you, Lord, and all of a sudden, boom. Why is that? Because the enemy comes and tries to counterpunch and try to cause problems. And if you don't know what's going on, you'll say, what in the world's going on here? God, don't you care? Why is this happening to me? I thought you were in charge. See, we have to know the the holds of the enemy because they're very consistent usually. It's not usually a surprise. (laughs) You know the main thing that the enemy wants you to do is just to quit. Just quit. Quit pursuing the Lord. Quit fighting the battles. Quit telling people about the Lord. Just quit. Or just show up at church and go through the motions, but on the inside you've really quit. That happens sometimes too. See, sometimes our job is just not quitting. I'm going to keep following Jesus. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to fight. <laughs> you know, I might get, kind of get knocked back a little bit, but you know, I know who's in charge, and I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm going to keep working, and I'm not going to give up. Now, you've, you've done this in other areas of your life, sobriety, you know, in a, in a, in a marriage or in a relationship. You fought. You're, you, you know how to fight. You apply these things to the Lord. And it's like, I'm not going to quit reading my Bible and praying. I'm not going to quit engaging in what God's doing on the earth today. But see, this is the thing. Our battle's not with people. Our battle isn't with people. It's with spiritual forces. People can be mean and ugly, and we can be mean and ugly sometimes. But we have to know what's behind this thing is a spiritual force that's trying to cause problems and discourage you and get you to quit. How do we handle people? We love people and we forgive people. It's hard sometimes. And people have to forgive me sometimes. But we love people and we forgive people, otherwise it becomes a bondage. And we, we know who the enemy is. It's not a person. Okay? The times when I'm experiencing the most battles in my life is usually when God's the most at work. <laughs> There was a time in my life I was having encounters with the Lord that were just amazing, and the whole time at work, everything was just falling apart, and um, I was facing just a lot of opposition. Mary said I was not fun to be with that year. <laughs> I said, you're not fun to be with right now. I know, I'm fighting a lot of battles. So where does this battle happen? I've got to make this really, really fast today. Um, where is, where is Satan at right this moment? You know, a lot of religious terminology is that Satan's in hell, 
but he's not. He's called the prince of the power of the air. So the Bible talks about three, I'm just going to, real quick, there's, there's kind of three layers or levels of the heavenly. In John one, or Genesis 1.1, it says, and God created the heavens and the earth. One earth, multiple heavens. Paul said, I knew a man, and I was taken up to the third heaven. If there's a third heaven, there's a first and a second. And I would say this, the first heaven is the physical world that we see, the stars, the moon. The third heaven, I believe, is the dwelling place of God, even though it says that Jesus was exalted above the heavens. You know, I believe the third heaven is where he is. And there's this mid-heaven between God's dwelling and man's dwelling where Satan was cast out. He's called the prince of the power of the air. And this is where his kingdom operates and dominates and where it works. And this is where he tries to bring the destruction and the problems on earth. here's Here's the main thing I want to say today, and we'll get into some of the weapons later, but prayer is our weapon. Prayer is our weapon. It is so important that we pray. It is so important that you pray. Sometimes you think, man, this is, you've heard that thing, when all those fails, pray. I'd say everything's failing because you're not praying. You know, we, we need to pray. That, this is where God shows up. This is where God gets involved through our prayers. He could do what he wants to, but this is how he set this thing up. We're the ones who tip the scale for victory through our prayers. If we don't pray, we're going to get what we get. But God says, I want you to pray. Your prayers are important. They're the decisive issue in this spiritual conflict. I love 2 Corinthians 4.15. It says this, for all things are for your sakes. God says, I, I am doing this because I love you and I, and I want to be involved. And I want you involved in this process. They're for your sakes. So let me give you a picture of how this works. And this is going to be the one thing we talk about today. The book of Daniel. Kind of an Old Testament story to, to give us a New Testament reality. Um, let, let me ask you a question real quick first too. Another question. Where is God when you pray? I said, where is Satan? Where is God when you pray? Where is God when you pray? Christ in me, the hope of glory. When you pray, you don't, you're not praying up to the sky. God's up there somewhere behind the clouds. We're, praying, we're not praying up there. Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you know the Lord Jesus, Christ is in you. You, you can have a conversation with him because he's in you through the Holy Spirit. Well, there was a guy 500 years before Jesus named Daniel, and he was a a refugee from the land of Israel. He was in Babylon. Babylon had captured Israel and taken some of the main people to Babylon to train them in the ways of the Babylonians. And Daniel is one of the most interesting people in the Bible. And Daniel, even though he was a foreigner, God exalted him to be second in command in Babylon. And one thing you see in Daniel's life, you'll see God will raise him up, and then he disappears, and another administration comes. And then God raises him up, and then he disappears, and then another country takes over, and then Daniel's second in charge of that whole kingdom. An Israelite is unheard of in that day, became one of the main leaders of that time. And Daniel was reading Jeremiah the prophet, and he realized that God said to Jeremiah the prophet, the captivity of the Israelites would last 70 years. And he reads this in like the 69th year. Like, what time is it? Oh, we we got a year, and nobody was prepared for this. So Daniel began to pray and fast, 
and mourn and cooperate with what God was doing. This is what it says in Daniel 2. In those days I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all the entire three weeks until they were completed. And Daniel is saying to the Lord, God, I know what you want to do. We need to know God's will. I know what you want to do. God, I'm in. I cooperate. Lord, how can, how can I be part of this? What are you doing? And he just begins to pray, and he begins to fast. He didn't rally the people. He didn't make some big thing happen. He just prayed, and he fasted and sought the Lord. When you, when you face a conflict or a situation in your life, of course we need some wisdom, but one of the biggest things you can do is just pray and fast and seek the Lord. Pray and fast, and that's what he did. And it, it was interesting after three weeks of praying and fasting, an angel showed up. And this angel came to him, and the angel said this, Don't be afraid, Daniel. I haven't seen many angels in my life. When people see angels, they're usually terrified. So he says, From the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your word. Daniel prayed, Three weeks later, the angel showed up. And there's a whole bunch of things going on in, in that process, but here's just the main thing to know, that there was a delay of the response that God had set up for Daniel because there was a spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies. He said the prince of Persia, the angel said, had, had uh, encountered me, and it took me three weeks to get through. And another angel named Michael came and got involved and we fought the battle together, and now here I am. You know, sometimes we wonder why there's a delay in our prayers. Sometimes it's because there's a spiritual battle going on. God hears us right away, but sometimes the response is delayed. And the angel says to Daniel something very interesting, and this is the main thing I want to say today. The angel said to Daniel, your prayers are what got me through. You praying set things in motion and I made it through because you prayed. Guys, there is all kinds of stuff going on in the world today. There are things going on in our families, in our country, in the world. We can feel intimidated and small by some of the things going on. Uh, when Daniel prayed, the direction of an entire empire changed. Because this angel came in response to Daniel's prayers to set Israel free and to take them back into their land. And it happened because Daniel prayed. <clears throat> We've got to learn to pray through. One thing that Jesus told the disciples was this in Luke 18.1. Now, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged. Have you ever been praying about something and you don't see an answer and then you get discouraged? Praying to get a new job. Praying to see a family member helped praying for a relationship, praying for some financial issues. God says, don't just pray once. Don't just say, just say it, well, I prayed it, I don't need to pray it anymore. God says, be persistent in prayer. Keep dialoguing with me. Don't quit, don't give up. <coughs> uh, it's not because God is hesitant. It's not because you're trying to change God's mind. God says, keep praying, trust me, I love you, and I have an answer to your prayers. 
We keep praying. <coughs> Three things to remember, and I'm going to close. <laughs> you're getting the you're getting the uh, the one and a half gallons of ice cream in a two gallon or in a one gallon container today. That's what you're getting. Three things to remember. We can get obsessed with angels and with spiritual warfare and all these things, but here's what I want us to know. We have victory through the Lord Jesus. You are praying from a place of victory. Jesus has already won the battle. Keep praying. Don't give up. The Holy Spirit's going to walk with you in every conflict you go through. When you, when you face a conflict, don't panic. I've got a situation at work that... Uh, Something has happened to me that's not happened to anybody else that I know of in, in the post office right now when they got a new job, but it happened to me, and it's, it's affecting our paycheck, <coughs> and, I, and it would be easy to panic and get mad. We get mad when it comes to our money. <laughs> someone shorts us some money or someone owes us some money, they don't give it back, we panic sometimes. God says, just pray. Just pray. I'm in charge. You know, I'm, I'm going through all the channels, getting run around, but... I keep praying and trusting the Lord. He walks with every conflict you're going to face. He's going to walk with you through it. Keep praying. <coughs> Number two, we walk in victory and we keep from compromise. As you walk with the Lord and as you engage in prayer and things that God's doing, um, we don't want to align ourselves with things of the enemy. Okay? I'll just say this real quick. We don't want to align ourselves with demonic art with, with, with music that's just raunchy and bad, with watching things on television that's just immoral. We just want to keep ourselves in a good place. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to be better in my prayers, and I'm, and I'm going to get less blowback from the enemy as I, as, I, as I walk in a degree of purity. Does that make sense? If I'm engaging things on a spiritual level, and I'm reading Playboys on the weekend, I've got a problem. And I'm going to get blown, you know what I'm saying? So we, we, have, we have got to keep our lives in a pattern of obedience as we do this, okay? Don't be reckless. Don't say, well, I'm praying a whole lot so I can do all these other things in my life that I know are not right, okay? We, we want to we engage in as, as much purity as we can. We're, we're human. We're, we're dealing with things, okay? Um, we need to be aware of occultic issues, some which are showing up in culture right now. And um, false religions and different principles, you know. Um, anyway, that's, that's enough of that. And number three, number one, we, need to, we have the victory already. We want to keep ourselves walking some purity as we do this. And number three, we need to have confidence in our prayers. Have, some, have confidence in yourself. When you pray, God hears you. You're important to him. Pray. Don't think, well, when Greg prays, you know, and... And you, you might be doing better than I am, <laughs> you know, in a lot of areas of your life. Have confidence in your prayers. Uh, some of you are praying for your family right now. Have confidence in your prayers that God hears you. Well, I'm not seeing the answer right away. Keep praying. Trust the Lord. Don't, you're not twisting his arm to get what you want. You know, we want to we agree with him in prayer. When you agree with him in prayer, you're, God's going to do it. Some of you are praying for finances. You're praying about a job. You're praying about the country and things going on that you don't like, okay? Have confidence in your prayers. God hears you. Your prayers are important. Are we facing some opposition? Sure. Some of you are going through some battles right now. 
Some of those are spiritual battles, not just fleshly battles. Have confidence that God hears you, stay engaged, trust him, and pray, and God is going to work through your prayers. You have a part to play, okay? Let me pray for us. And we're going to, we're going to close with communion today together. Um, Lord, we bless you today, and we thank you that you're on our side, that we're on your side, Lord. God, thank you for the victory that we have with Christ Jesus. We proclaim Jesus right now, exalted above the heavens. Um, Lord, you are, we, we declare your supremacy and your lordship and your kingdom over us today. We thank you, Lord, that you are, you are God and you have already defeated the enemy. Lord, we just thank you that you're working through our prayers to make a difference. Lord, I pray what we heard before. Help us to hear your voice and pray according to your will. And Lord, I thank you that you are working in our families, in our jobs, and in all these things. We receive it by faith. And Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' awesome name, amen. Amen. Amen.